0: Silence your inner Pharisee. What on earth does that mean? That's coming up next right here on the Parker J. Cole Show. Parker J. Cole Show. I'm your host, The Queen, Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we're going to be talking to someone you're very familiar with. We're going to be talking to John Fugler from 24-7 Fresh. I can't wait to talk to him again. He has a new book out that you are going to enjoy. I read it over the weekend. It is a wonderful book to help us really seek a relationship with Christ. And not to uh, seek a timesheet, if you will, or to get A's on the test. It's about deepening your relationship with the Lord. You may be thinking, but what does that have to do with your inner Pharisee? We'll get to that in just a few moments. As always, I want to thank you for your support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for 10 years. Can you guys believe it? I want to thank you all for being part of this experience. I can't believe that when I first started the show back in 2013, that we would still be going on strong. And I could not do that without you. For those of you who can, you can join our Patreon team by going to patreon.com slash write stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. To stay up to date with PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net, click on that pink follow button, and you'll never ever have to miss a show. Subscribe to our new YouTube channel at PJC Media and we have uploads, exclusive content, and more. Go ahead, sign up today. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring John back. John, how you doing?
1: Doing well, Parker. Congratulations. 10 years.
0: That is incredible. I can't believe it's been 10 years. Because it lets me know I've gotten older, but I don't feel older, okay? <laughs> well, you don't
1: sound older. Uh, I got to tell you, though, you must have been one of the first podcasters because you've been podcasting before podcasting was popular. So way to go. Way to be, <laughs> on, the, be on the leading edge.
0: Well, when I first heard about a podcast back in 2013, I thought, is it a pickle? <laughs> is that what it is? I don't know what a podcast was. And the story, how I've shared how this show got started a few times, but... When I heard about and had the opportunity to start a podcast, I definitely did that. And the Lord has blessed me to showcase many people from all over the world. And I love building bridges. And I think that's an important part of our conversation, too. Wouldn't you say, John?
1: Oh, yeah, it is. It is. And uh, it's something about a podcaster. You get to be personable, um, it's it's organic, and have these conversations, You, you feel like the listeners get to know you. You get to know them as they respond. And, and so, yeah, podcasting is a great tool for that.
0: I always encourage authors, if they can, to be part of a podcast. They don't necessarily have to host one because most authors are introverts and the idea of talking to people without paper is quite terrifying for them. But if they can share their message with podcasters who are willing to host their message, they should definitely do that. Mm -hmm. And it also helps you get used to talking to people about the message that you have. In this case, we're talking about your newest book and it's called Silence Your Inner Pharisee. Now, I got to ask you a question. When you were thinking about writing this book, where did it stem from?
1: Boy, it it stemmed uh, from really my own life, my own life of performance. I didn't realize I was a quote-unquote Pharisee. The original title of the book was going to be Kill Your Inner Pharisee, but I tested that out, and people said, yeah, I don't
0: think so. (laughs) (laughs) What are you trying to say, John? (laughs) With
1: Silence, Your Inner Pharisee. It's more of a Christian title, right? Yeah. Kill Your Inner Pharisee. But yeah, I you know I found out that I wasn't the only believer that was caught up in doing the right things for God, but having a cold, distant relationship with Him. And I'm talking about longtime believers, not new believers. I think new believers have that freshness, that excitement. And as we go through our Christian life, we look back and say, "Where did that go? Where did that excitement go?" And Pharisees were some of the most learned. Obedient rel- religious leaders of the day—they knew the law, they lived it out—and I say that they looked shiny on the outside, but they were spiritually sick on the inside. And so, as uh, this book, as I wrote it, I'd say that it helps longtime believers escape the trap of performance-based Christian living, which is where I was, and embrace radical freedom in Christ. That's that's it. So, early days, as I was writing this, I ran a rough manuscript by several people, and they said the book needed to get out there. So That's kind of the origins of of silence your inner Pharisee.
0: One thing you mentioned is how newer believers have that fresh take of the Lord. And then those of us who have been walking with the Lord for some time, we do get distant. And it's not that we don't love the Lord, but our relationship changes based off the fact that we have been walking with him for some time. And it starts to be, I'm doing this because of what God has done for me. And it turns into, I'm doing this for God. He obviously needs me to do this. And that comes into play when you talk about performance. And one thing that you utilize in your book is that you share your story of growing up as an athlete and becoming a Christian in high school. What I thought was interesting is that your sports life flowed into your Christian life. I would love for you to share that with our listeners.
1: Sure. Uh, I was really competitive. I still am whether it was on the baseball diamond or playing ping pong with my friend, my friend, Matt, we get, we got together and we, after school, we play ping pong and we play, you know, the best of seven series, you know, whoever won four first, but that wasn't enough. So we played the best of seven of the best of seven. I mean, we went for hours.
0: No and achievement. We we're just you,
1: going for it.
0: Work harder, John. Work yeah. Hard. <laughs> yeah, And and so
1: that was the competitive streak in me. So when I became a Christian and I remember, I was sitting in the back row 50 years ago, it was, 50 years ago this past January, at a small country church, and I thought the speaker, who was a football coach, and that's what attracted me there, was going to talk about football, but he talked about Nicodemus and how to be born again, and first time I ever heard that, and I was so, the Holy Spirit just drew me to that message and drew me to Christ, and I went forward from the last row, and it was when I was being followed up by the staff there at the church that night, and they handed me a Bible, and they said, read this five minutes a day. If you don't do anything else, read the Bible five minutes a day. And for me, as a performer already, that was, wow, it's like the worst and the best thing that you could say to me, because I went into performance mode immediately when I came to Christ, and I got locked into what I call performance Christianity from day one. This this fed my athletic performance mindset. And I was, that's kind of the way I I went at it in my relationship with Jesus.
0: One thing that you say here in the beginning of your book, after you go through some exposition, you say here, and I want to make sure I read it correctly, obedience to Christ and knowing Christ can be disguised by Satan as the same thing. Why is this important to knock out of the ballpark right away for the reader who picks up their copy of your book?
1: Hmm. Uh, that statement that you you made there that I wrote in my book um, that's really the heart of it because we can think we're right with Jesus because we're obeying Him we're serving Him well we're we're doing the right things for God and then we we think that well that is equates the health of my relationship with Him and those are two separate things and as we begin to serve God more, so begin to obey Him and understand what it means to live the Christian life, we oftentimes focus on that outward action, and we miss that internal and relationship with Jesus. And we wonder, what's going wrong here? Um, I have this, I know Jesus now, I'm saved. But the longer I go into my saved life, the more distant I feel from Jesus and at the same time, the more I'm obeying him. So it's in our—it's this quandary in our mind, this conflict. And we don't know why we're, we walk in obedience to the Lord, and yet the relationship isn't what it should be.
0: I have had the pleasure of talking to people who have come out of different faith systems that are based on works. And one thing that you mentioned throughout this, interview and throughout the book is that we don't want to become or be attached to performance christianity now i would think it's something similar to that but maybe not quite so let's go ahead and define the term of what performance christianity is
1: hmm. yeah uh performance christianity <laughs> uh because uh, you got to have that starting point and performance really is um we talk about it could be reading your Bible, praying, living obediently, serving at church, uh, maybe even pastoring. There may be some pastors listening right now, uh, serving in ministry, just plain doing all the right things for God. But when we perform for Jesus, we're doing things for him, you know, performance Christianity, doing things per- for him, but we're not living with him. And it's like we're, we're overshooting Jesus himself. When we have a relationship with him, we perform for him, but we're missing the core of it, and that is Jesus himself. And so performance Christianity is, is all the, the visible things that we do for God. And yet, in, internally, there may be a, a shallowness, or we feel distant from God, or there's a, a spiritual dryness, or a cold towards the Lord And that that spiritual freshness is gone. And it's confusing to us because we say, I've been a Christian all these years, and I'm less in love with Jesus now than I was 20, 30 years ago. What happened?
0: And it goes back to that verse in Revelation where he talks about you have left your first love. Mm. And he wants to draw us back to that. One thing, and I shared this story with my listeners before during 2020 when um, everyone was under lockdown, and we talked then. And I remember you saying to this day, you said, this is the most precious time you will have to get closer to the Lord. You said, I don't find enjoyment in binging a show on Netflix. I, I remember you saying this clear as day. And with our listeners, if you want to hear him say these words and more, just go through our PJC Media archives and pjcmedia.net and you'll see it there. But back then you said, we will never get this time again and we need to utilize it. And I can't remember when I was by myself. There was no one else here and there was only me and God and my dog, Sarah, at the time. We were the only people here, and Mm -hmm. I learned how to draw closer and closer to him. So regardless of all the doctrine I knew, regardless of all the theology I knew, it was just a close to walk with thee. And that was amazing, particularly when I was walking my dog, and the lady said, there are three pit bulls loose. And I was not attacked at all walking my dog because I knew that would happen. And, and my dog is not a pit bull. At the time, she's not a pit bull. She's a corgi for goodness sake. And so she would have gotten mauled. She's not going to win. No. She could bark though. she tried She would definitely try. That's for sure. But would she try to save my life or hers? I don't know. So. We well, uh, talk uh,
1: about that time of <laughs> in COVID and when we were isolated and now it, now we have to create that time of isolation. Yes. It was created yes. for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Now
1: we need to create it. We need to be intentional. Uh, we've got to put up the barriers. We've got to quarantine ourselves. <laughs> we, those, That was a tough time for us, Yeah. those COVID days. But at the same time, we could have built those habits that we, as you said, we'll never have that time back again. And we need to build those uh, barriers and the fence around us So we can make that time to be with Jesus, develop that relationship with Jesus and set aside all the performance and go right to the heart of God uh, and spend those retreat hours with the Lord. That is critical if we're ever to get back to that freshness and the vibrancy and the life with Jesus that we once knew.
0: One thing that your book also does, it's not just your words that you share. You share other people's words as well. Tell us about the format.
1: Hmm. And if our readers turn to page 92, they're going to read about Parker's story.
0: <laughs> and that's <laughs> <Yes>. you. <laughs> that's me. It's in there. <laughs> you and I have become
1: friends over the years. And, yes, we and have. you told me your story of burnout and the experience you went through. Uh, and, and how the Lord used that to draw you back to his heart and mm-hmm. to slow down and the lessons you learned from that. And it's good to know you're, uh, you built in vacation and yes. glad to see that you're back from vacation because you needed that. You wouldn't yes. have done that a couple years ago.
0: No, I would not have. <laughs> <laughs> so you told your
1: story because this whole thing of escaping the bondage of performance Christianity, it looks, you can go through the scripture, you can go through principles, but how does it work in real life? So I've got uh, half a dozen stories in there, real stories written by real people like you from different aspects, what uh, what the Lord has done in their life in the way of intimacy with Him and getting out of a performance lifestyle. I wanted to make it real.
0: One of those real stories is shared by a gentleman named Ralph, And Ralph says, I'm not going to read the whole thing, from duty to delight. I love this title, from duty to delight. When you think of duty, you Automatically, at least to me, think of a soldier, just gung ho to duty. And he says, twenty five years ago, I read Intimacy with the Almighty by Chuck Swindoll. Going back further in the early nineteen eighties, I read David Needham's book Birthright. From the first time I understood my identity in Christ was my identity in Christ, and was delivered from legalism and performance based Christianity. Surely, I would never go back. Hmm. But he goes on further. I'm not going to read any more, dear listener, because I want you to go ahead and pick up your copy of Silence Your Inner Pharisee available online wherever books are sold. Now, my next question has to do with the story of how you escaped that lifestyle. So how did you ditch performance and embrace radical freedom in Christ, and then to follow up with that, what would we be by radical freedom <laughs>
1: Oh, well, so the first question, I remember it to this day when I was uh, spending some time with a friend of mine, and as we were, were parting, he said, I got two books for you to read that I just wanted to pass along. They meant a lot to me. I can't remember what the second one was, but the first one he uh, gave me was called With, Reimagining the Way You Relate to God by Sky Jatani. This was several years ago. And that book has changed my life because it switched my, uh, my view of my relationship with Jesus. Because Sky talks about five ways we relate to God, and one of them is we relate to God over God. Second way is under God. Then there's from God. Then there's for God, which is where I was. I was living for God. I was that was my relationship. Quote unquote relationship with God was doing things for Him. So I do all these things for Him, and yet I have these up and down spiritually, and I have this coldness and feeling distant from Him, and acting out in certain ways that were sinful, and I was frustrated. had some great moments because they were tied into my performance for him, but the relationship wasn't there like it should be. And then Skye says, we are supposed to relate to God with God, our relationship to be with God. And he goes through that uh, and explains what that means in one of the verses that he, he brings out is uh philippians 3 8 where paul says what is more i consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing christ jesus my lord and that's the heart of it scripturally that's that's the heart of my book that's the heart of what sky was talking about knowing christ knowing jesus and paul says a couple of verses later i want to know christ so he said it once in verse eight of philippians three two verses later he says it again i want to know christ goal in life Paul was a great servant. He was a doer. He was a performer, but performance second, knowing Christ first. That's what turned it around. The realization, and then it's taken several years to begin to reverse (laughs) and undo what I've been doing over the years of performing and move into knowing.
0: Another aspect when we talk about getting rid of our or silencing rather our inner Pharisee is prayer. And prayer I am becoming more cognizant of just how powerful prayer is. I had a situation recently where I fell out with a very close friend, John. I mean, Hmm. we're talking gut-wrenching tears. I thought I would never speak to her again. And I had several days where I didn't talk to her, all of that. And on the third day, I would never forget. I was over depressed. I was at the park with my dog, Princess Now. And I'm at the park and no one's there. It's cold. My dog is looking around like, this is boring. There's no other dogs here. Why are we here? And literally in the still, small voice, I heard the Lord said, you talk to her more than you talk to me. Hmm. Exactly what the Lord told me. And I started bawling. I mean, crying my eyes out because I felt so convicted by that. And this is important because in your book, you have a story Lisa's story, and she talks about communing with God through prayer. And she says, when I awaken, I align myself with the Father and his purposes. Daily I ask, Father, what are your plans for me today? It is a laying down of all my plans, agenda, and expectations. I invite God to help me see him, myself, others, and my circumstances through his eyes and with his love. Well, this was a biggie for me. It wasn't that I hadn't prayed before. It wasn't that I didn't pray, but I realized that I was taking all the stress of my life at the time and giving it to someone who can't help me like the Lord can. And then once I started to release everything to him, dear listener, let me tell you. Talk about a weight off your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> talk about relief. Talk about feeling light as air. And this was this year, John. This was this year. So I always like to tell people, we are works in progress. That is for sure. <laughs> you know, oh, you yeah. do one thing right, and then something else gets screwed up, and the Lord has to just wrangle you through here. And so I would love for you to talk about the importance of prayer as we get away from a performance Christianity.
1: Well, you mentioned Lisa's story and Mm -hmm. I want a prayer life like Lisa that uh, I, when she submitted that to me and I read that, that drew me in. I said, yes, this is the heart of it. And she has something going with Jesus that's real special. And I want to have that too. But prayer is, we talk about prayer as not just bringing requests to God, but really as even Lisa put it, communing with the Lord. I want to commune Mm -hmm. with God. Yes. And prayer, some people say prayer is work. Yes, it is. But if we just take, sit down with the Lord and just start with a deep breath and not put the clock in motion, but have this relaxed time with Jesus and spend some time with him. Listen, do a lot of listening, sharing our heart, uh, not rushing things. When we want to have a quality prayer life, we've got to, we can't, Put so much definition on it, but it needs to be free. it needs to be time, just like your relationship with your friends. you need to have that time to talk and see where see where it goes. so you need to have time with the Lord and see where he takes it and that's hard in this day because we have to stop we have to go somewhere usually to get out of the the noise and spend that time with Jesus. I say that um one of the things I've said is God kind of told me this he says. Uh, Don't complete God's sentences when you pray. (laughs) In other words, don't tell God how to answer the prayers. Just put it out there and let him do it the way he wants to. Because we can go in with this list, say, oh, Lord, here's uh, request number one, request number two. And we give him all these requests and we tell him how to answer it rather than say, Lord, I just surrender to you. And these are the things in my life I'm surrendering to you. So uh, approach Jesus as a friend and, and trust him as Lord with these things in your life. It's, it all comes back to relationship.
0: You mentioned that it all comes back to relationship, but there may be people listening to this podcast right now, and they may be living a performance lifestyle for Jesus and not even know it. So go ahead and share the signs that we need to be cognizant of so we can know what relationship is versus performance.
1: Hmm. And I go back to my own life. As I recall, uh, feeling distant from God, uh, being spiritually dry, inconsistency in our walk with Christ. And we say, well, we all do that. We have ups and downs. Yeah, we do. But if this characterizes your walk with God, if this characterizes when you have this one-to-one time with Jesus, or maybe you can't even have one-to-one time with him because you're not quite sure what to do in that one-to-one time, that's a distance. That's a spiritual dryness. That's a coldness. And if if you're experiencing these things, then you really need to examine your life and say, am I performing for Jesus? Is my lifestyle a performance lifestyle? Or do I have that relationship? I'm not saying that because you're feeling distant from God or spiritually dry or inconsistent in your walk with Christ, that those are tied back to performance. But for many of us, it is. And you'll know it. You'll know it. And if, if that is the case, then you need to go before Jesus and and just confess that, confess that, that self-effort that you're throwing in there and trying to to build a relationship with him. Read through John 15, we need to abide in Christ. Apart from me, you can do nothing, he says. And uh, you have that come to Jesus talk and surrender. And it may be a time of, of great crying out to him. I know the that David, the psalmist, cried out to the Lord all the time. And we need to have those times of crying out to him. Go to the root of it. But if you're feeling distant from God, if there's a spiritual dryness, an inconsistency in your walk with Christ, yeah, you may be living a performance lifestyle for Jesus.
0: I'm glad that you mentioned the signs of that, because I know some of our listeners may be experiencing this now. And one thing I always want to do with this show is be transparent about this walk with Christ. And sometimes distance doesn't mean that you don't love the Lord. I truly don't think it means that. It means that you need to rejuvenate that relationship. And we always use the example of marriage. You know, there have been people married for a long time. There have been mm-hmm. people married for a short time. But, you know, eventually the the rose colored glasses break and we start to see the person for what they are, who are, which are flawed, both of us being flawed and all that. But with Jesus, it's different. Our glasses don't... He doesn't break our rose color glasses. We break them, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> because as we get to know him more and more, he gets sweeter and sweeter. And as we deepen our relationship with him, it gets even more multifaceted. When we have that spiritual coldness and distance, then that's when we want to say, Lord, renew a right spirit within me. Mm-hmm. That's what the scriptures say. There was a song I had heard recently, John, from an old um, gospel group from back in the day by, called Commissioned. Mm-hmm. And they're still around, but it was called uh, Creating Me a Clean Heart. Mm, yeah. And I hadn't listened to that song when I was a kid, you know? Yeah. And I just liked the song back then, but I realized that it was a song about contrition. It was omitting that created me a clean heart so I might not sin against me, forgive me for my sins, you know, learning to humble yourself before the Lord. And that's one thing David always did. He was always hollering <laughs> the Lord if you think about it. If you read through the Psalms, you're like, oh, they're beautiful poetry. And they are. But David knew how to go to the Lord. He, I think that's why he had such a pro- profound effect on us thousands of years later because he knows how to go to the Lord and say, you know, why are the wicked doing so good? And I'm up here running around from a crazy man. <laughs> you know he what I'm was saying? honest, wasn't he? He, he <laughs> yeah. wasn't afraid
1: to tell God what he really thought of him.
0: <laughs> yeah, and get this, it wasn't a performance. One thing no. David wasn't doing was a performance. When he did do a performance, his wife got mad at him. So um, yeah. read yeah. your Bible. For those who don't know the story, read your Bible. <laughs> so, oh, one, <laughs> so, um, one of the things...
1: Uh, along this line of the, the signs and, and performing, and I wonder how I'm doing in my relationship with the Lord. I put together a, a spiritual self-assessment that it's free, and you can access it on my website. Go. To, it takes three minutes just to take the assessment, and I ask a series of questions that will give you a quick read on where you are in that relationship with God. Is it healthy, or is it not? Are you a performer? Are you not? And it's a, it's a great quick way of looking at it. And I got some follow-up questions for you too, but you can find that at freshfaith247.com and just click on assessment and go ahead and take it. It'll be revealing for you.
0: I'm so glad you mentioned that. That was going to be my next question about the self-assessment because we do like self-assessments, generally speaking. <laughs> you know, we <laughs> always want to know more about ourselves, but do we want to know about ourselves in this area? Probably not. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. so, we love those personality tests, right? We love personality tests. Oh, I'm a, I'm a purple whatever, or I'm a grass or whatever, right? I'm a TP. Whatever. It doesn't matter. We love personality assessments, but we want to assess our relationship with Christ in a logical way. Ah! (laughs) We kind of back away from that. But John, thank you so much. I really have enjoyed the conversation, as always. Always enjoy having you. I appreciate the opportunity to share my story with so many others in your book, Silence the Inner Pharisee, Ditching Performance Christianity, and moving on to a deeper relation with Christ, or rather silence your inner Pharisee, ditch performance, and embrace radical freedom in Christ. And get this, it has a really cool forward by someone you may or may not know, for those who watch TV. You may or may not know this person. I'm not going to ruin it for you because it's on the cover of the book. You won't know who it is until you pick up your copy, again, a silence your inner Pharisee, ditch performance, and embrace radical freedom in Christ. Now, the few moments that we have left, John, go ahead, pray for us today.
1: Mm, Sure. Oh, Lord Jesus, we want to know you and you want to know us. And you have done the work on the cross that creates relationship with you. And I pray for our listeners as they consider whether their relationship with you, Lord, is one of performance or one of friendship. And I pray that if there's frustration in this relationship, they would come before you and honestly bear their souls and confess this to you. Lord, I pray that they would come to know you. Lord Jesus, not just you who hung on the cross, you who is a, a God of eternity, and to know you from beginning to the end, and know you for all of who you are. Ah, you are the good shepherd. You are Lord. You are Savior. You are so much more. Ah, you are friend. And I pray that our listeners would discover the many facets of who you are and come to know you in a deeper way for those who are locked into performing for you. May they set that aside and, and experience this radical freedom as they get to know you and enter into a deeper friendship relationship with you in your name. We pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, John, again, for that wonderful prayer. and Thank you for being with us on the show today. And I cannot wait to have you back. And have you back real soon.
1: Thanks, Parker. God bless you.
0: And we were talking today to John Fugler. He is the author of the book, Silence Your Inner Pharisee, Ditch Performance and Embrace Radical Freedom in Christ, available online wherever books are sold. John's information is in the show links below. But I want to ask you something. Do you want a deeper relationship with Christ? Do you think you have it, but you can't get rid of that? coldness or that distance inside, go ahead, take the free assessment at freshfaith247.com. Again, freshfaith247.com. Take a spiritual self-assessment. It's only three minutes, and that will help you lead you to deepening your relationship with Christ. Don't be, don't worry about performing for the Lord. He doesn't need your performance. He wants a relationship with you, one that's true and ever fresh, ever new every day. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of the Parker J. Cole show. You have a wonderful, absolutely glorious blessed day and God bless.